Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. Welcome to yet another edition of our show, where we'll be chatting everything to do with books and what you should be reading. And it is fabulous to have. As my guest on the show, after a very long absence, he's live in studio. My guest, it's great to have you here, Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House, South Africa. Thank you. Thank you, Janice. It's so good to be back in the studio. We've done this so many times now online, and to be back in person is just stunning. I think it's, it's so good. It feels like we're really back now. It, yeah, yeah. Things are, are yeah. back, and things are happening, and yeah. it really is good to see you across the desk from me yep. instead of on a little screen. Yep. And I know that you have some um, a selection of great books to, to let people know what they should be looking out for. I know you always have a, a great mix of, of mm. fiction, non-fiction, so there should be something. I get your pens and papers ready. So that um, if something catches your ear, you'll be able to let it catch your eye when you walk into a shop or if you're looking online, wherever you shop for books. And yes, we are going to be chatting about the book, <laughs> Spare. Should we, should we, should we leave that for last? Should we get into it? In, I've got you know? it somewhere down in the middle. Okay. Of the third let's, one, so yeah, we'll let's, get let's get to it down yeah. in the middle. Yeah. But how did the year start off? In books, how, how how has it started off for Penguin? I've got to say it's been it's been fantastic, and it's largely due to uh, Spare. Um, <laughs> but you know we've 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 had a whole bunch of other books that um, we call a backlist titles, which have been selling. You know books like Atomic Habits, uh, you know started selling well. So and they usually do at this time of year when people start really looking at their goals and things. Um, so. In terms of how the year started, we off with a bang, and as you'll see as I go down the list, you'll see we've got quite a few to come as well in the next couple of months. Uh, but overall for the year 2023, I think we've got a great list, great selection. Because I know that towards the end of the year, I know when people look at what they're going to be buying for their holiday reads, what they want to be buying as gifts, those books tend to come out usually around October time. Mm. Because when we look at the lists for November, December, mm. I often tend to find them quite disappointing, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. the big names and the big books have already come out. Yeah. And then you think, oh, you know, end of year and yeah. everything, the big books are coming out now, but they've, they've already, they've already been released. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. we go we, from August to about November for all the huge ones. Yes. And so that gives it time to be in store and people could, you know, so it's, you'll find stock and we don't, have, we don't have issues with that. So when December comes, people are just buying. So we tend to not release so much in December itself. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I know when we get our list, I'm like, <laughs> well, what happened? Because there's nothing yeah. on this list. Yes. But as you say, it comes to the beginning of the year and there is a lot of the, there are a lot of these non-fiction, goal-setting, mm. self-help, those types of books. Absolutely. And Absolutely. those, those fly off the shelves. Absolutely. Yeah. And this, you know, our market, Loves those books, right? Let me just say that. I know. They love those books. I myself, it is, some of them are so cheesy, but I just love them. Uh, I don't know what it is. I just love that. And, that and so many of those get published here. And, and I know that, uh, I think in the South African market, I was once told we publish a lot more nonfiction than fiction. Absolutely. Our market is so hungry for nonfiction. It's, you know, it's, I think people just want that knowledge and they want to grow their lives and stuff. So we're an emerging market in that way. But yeah, nonfiction for us is everything. It's huge. Yeah. And 
And so what, what do you think is your biggest nonfiction seller, particularly this month? Absolutely, Atomic Habits. Absolutely. I think I looked at the charts this morning. It was, it's already number two or three, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it, and it's been doing that for the last year and a half to two years. It just kept selling. Yeah. Just keep selling. That's incredible. Yeah. And that the book is, is not new. It's an older book. I was going to say, know, it's yeah. not even a new book. Yeah. And he's got another one coming later in the year, but we'll get to that. That is later. exciting. Yeah. I am chatting to Viz Chetty, and he is going to be letting us know what is coming up on your bookshelves from Penguin Random House. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Liebowitz. I'm chatting to Viz Chetty today from Penguin Random House, South Africa, and he is going to let me know and you what is coming up from Penguin. What can you look out for in store, online? What should you be reading? So, Viz, without further ado, <laughs> I know you've got a list sitting there. Let's let's get to it. I've got a list, a strong 10 titles. Some of them I've read during the holidays that's just gone by, and some of them I'm reading now, and, and some to come. Are uh, these all already available, or are uh, some of them not only all of them. coming uh, out? What I've done is I've taken from, say, December to Feb. Uh, so they'll go up until Feb releases. Okay. All right. So if they're not in store now, I'll let you know which ones are out. Right. Um, so if they're not out now, I'll, they'll probably be out by the end of this month. So early first week Feb, you'll see it in stores. Brilliant. Okay. Um, the the first one that I'll talk about is actually been out. It's it's just come out in December. Um, I think when we met sometime in December, we talked about it briefly. I was telling you about it, but I've I've read it during the holidays. It's fantastic. Uh, William Boyd. The book is called The Romantic. Um, it's a stunning book. I think it's back to what he does best, William Boyd. And it's a, it's a fictional autobiography, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's the most amazing character by the name of Cashel Gravel Ross. It's such a grand name. You want, you want to say it's a grand name, you know? Yes. <laughs> Cashel Gravel Ross. And he was born in Scotland. And unfortunately, early, early on in his, in his, in his youth, something happens to his parents. So he's moved to Cork in Ireland where he grows up. But he's impulsive and he's headstrong. You know, he's the kind of guy that just goes where the wind takes him. You know, he's that charming character. And in the book, he is lived all over from Africa to America. He lives in Egypt for a little bit. He fights in the Battle of Waterloo. And, and what he does, what William Boyd does in this book is he, he sort of puts in real characters in the book. Um, so he meets the Lord Byron at one stage. Oh, yeah. He meets Shelley. He meets John Hanning Speak, who's the guy who discovered the source of the Nile. You know, So real-life historical characters that he meets along the way in this journey. So the book starts off from him as a young man up into his late, late years. So it's a full life. It's a grand full life. It's a, it's a big novel. And I think it, people are going to just love it because it's a character that you enjoy, you root for. His relationships never go anywhere because he's always somewhere else. He's always in another country. So except one great love in his life. And it's about this man and his life. He, like I said, he fought in the Battle of Waterloo and he was in business and then he fell out of business and he lost everything and he gained it all back again. It's life, you know. Um, so it's a grand novel and I think William Boyd has really delivered a great one here. Uh, it is in stores right now. It's just got in, in say, December somewhere. If you are a fan of his, you're going to love it. If you've never read him before, you're going to become a fan. What's something else that he's written? Uh, William Boyd? Mm. 
Oh my gosh, you're putting, putting you on the spot. Are you putting there. me right on the spot here? <laughs> um, there was a nice comparison as well with, uh, with, with, with one of his earlier novels. Um, and I cannot for the life of me remember any of his other books. But he's such a huge author. Okay, as we go down, it'll come to okay. me. I'll, I'll bring it Because this sounds, sounds, if, if you like those meaty yes. kind of books with depth and the things that you get engrossed in yes. and involved in, this sounds like that yeah. kind of book. Yes, and he's such a fantastic writer. I think he was nominated for the book a few times. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, he's been, he's been lauded in his career quite a few times. When I get titles in my head, I'll start spreading them <laughs> out. Uh, but William Boyd is one of those, you know, authors that has always been there. He was born in Ghana, I think it was, and he moved around a little bit. So it's, there's elements of his life in Cashel as well, you know. So it's a fantastic book. I would re- highly recommend it if you like, uh, if you like this sort of genre. That sounds awesome. That's The yeah. Romantic by William Boyd. That's right, yeah. Right, and then the next one is a non-fiction title. Like you said, I like to mix it mix up, it and up. <laughs> put local stuff and put everything in there. The Good Life by Robert Waldinger and Mark Schultz. Now, if you are a fan of TED Talks, um, like I am, I love TED Talks. If you look at, at a list, any list, just go online and press top 10 Google uh, TED Talks. Just Google that. And this uh, TED Talk, The Good Life, will come up at least in the top 10 somewhere. Outside of the top five, but somewhere in the top ten, because it's such a great... I think it had like 42 million views. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and this this guy comes on, and he talks about this massive study that they started just after World War II. Um, it had John F. Kennedy on, on, on this on this, program, on this uh, research study as well, um, and as well as different... So what they did was they took... Me, at that time, it was all men. Uh, I think it was 724 of them. And they came from different backgrounds. So they went to the slums of Boston, and then they went to, like, Harvard University, and then they looked, picked up these students from there. So some of them have been in the program since they were 18, 17, 18, 19 years old, and they tracked their lives since oh, then. Wow. And they tracked them, and they tracked them so much, um, they even brought eventually brought in their wives and their children in to the study as well. So it's a, the, one of the longest studies on human happiness Ever done, ever, and it's still going. The the Robert Wal- Robert Waldinger, he's the fourth director of this study, the fourth. Uh, there's been moments in history where, as the years went by, it almost fell off, and somehow they managed to pull it back in. And you know, people, it's so funny when you read the book. It's it'll, people will tell you, my life is not that interesting. Why do you want to keep studying me? And they say, no, we want to study you. You know. It sounds so interesting. Fascinating. When I first looked at it, I thought, okay, it's one of those self-help books that we, we talked about, you know. But then when you actually read it, it's, there's so much of substance and depth to it. It's about the study. It's not a straight off the bat personal finance, self-help book where it's going to tell you this is what you do to be happy. It doesn't work that way. Um, it's about the study. It goes through, it does give you like hectic stacks and stats and things where you just, the numbers. It's more about people. It's stories. Right? It's, it's really stories. And that's what people love. It's exactly. stories about other people exactly. in their lives. Yes. And, you know, they, they track this one couple and they've been tracking this guy since his Harvard days and he went on to have a great career and he got married and he had children. His children had children and they even put his daughter on the program and I think eventually they, when they, put his wife on somewhere in the 80s or something she said well it's about time you, you brought me <laughs> into the study because <laughs> initially like I say it was all men and eventually that changed obviously but, but there were people who there were people who uh, got deep into alcoholism some people you know uh, developed schizophrenia and you know, things like that so it's a deep study on um, the good life and 
at the end of it all, I can tell it to you right off the bat, the, the main thing they discovered about everything that gives a person a good life is relationships. And that's what the focus of the book is about. That's so interesting. It's relationships. And it's so interesting to see how you look at relationships. If things go bad, if you've got a support structure, you can, you can bounce back much more easier than someone who has no support, no family. And they, they take it differently. Their whole functioning of their bodies respond differently. If you've got good relationships And obviously it's just external They're just tracking it There's no intervention or anything like that Absolutely not They send them a bunch of questions Every couple of years or every year They fill it out They take it back Then someone takes the data And then they, you know, they sort of um, distill it into the study um, And it's been going on since Like I said After the Second World War somewhere that's amazing. I, yeah. I don't think they imagined that it would it would be that. continue yeah. Yeah. for so many years afterwards when they first started that. Yeah. They, they probably could never foresee that it would, it would go carry on so long. Yeah. And like I said, people have said, my life has not gone that interesting. It's quite boring. Uh, why would you want to keep studying me? But th- those are the stories we want to hear, yes. you know, and it's very interesting. So The Good Life by Robert Waldinger, that's coming February. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. This is People of the Book, and today we are talking books with Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House, South Africa. And Viz has already given us some great food for thought and some fabulous books, and now we are really getting to it because I have the list in front of me (laughs) of the books that was is going to be chatting about and the next one is the one that is on everyone's lips and I think the one to have, the one to read, the one to not read, the one to talk about the one that everyone is loving to hate right now. Viz, <laughs> yeah. you say it. Spare. Uh, <laughs> spare, Prince Harry. I think it's one of the first ones uh, written by a royal, um, you know, in his, in his own words. And that's sort of what makes this book special. I could be wrong with that, but um, that's, that's sort of what I heard. Um, I, like I was telling you before we got on air, I started reading it um Early, early this week. Let's see, towards the weekend, into this week, um, and I've gone, I've gone quite a bit in, and it's, it's. I'm enjoying it. I have to say, it's really, really heartfelt and vulnerable. And he, you know, to hear him describe the the family that he that he grew up in and and the people around him is quite uh, quite jarring at times, but <laughs> you know, but funny in, in in a lot of ways. And I think we needed to hear his story from him. You know, we needed that. I think. You know, especially since all the media he's been getting in the last year or two. For me, I mean, I I, I think everyone has an opinion, even yeah. when they say they don't. Um, I think even not having an opinion is an opinion. Mm-hmm. Did his mother not do a book with Andrew Morton? Was that not in her own words? It, it, uh, in it, her it own voice? Been. Yeah, I think... It, it definitely was her story, um, but co- co-written by him. This one is uh, is also a ghostwriter on this one, to be fair. Yes. Um, but I think with the credits being what it is, he's, he's got. It's a ghostwriter, so he gets full credit anyway um, for 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 the story. Yes. Um, but it's it's written fantastically well. I mean, you've dipped into a little I, bit. It's, I have. I have started it's reading really it. Good, yes. Yeah. And and there's some stuff that's funny there. Some stuff will just, uh, you know, people will maybe grimace a little bit. He gets really tongue in cheek sometimes. Uh, but there's some heartbreaking stuff in there. Like I was telling you earlier, it's there's there's this part of the book where he says he grew he grew his beard out um, because he didn't want people to. Uh, 
um, read his expressions too easily, like journalists, yeah, because like, that's what they were doing. Yes. You know, they would read his expressions too easily, and so sorry. So then he would basically he grew his beard out, and that was he was like a mask, basically. Mm. You know, um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things about him that's really fascinating and deep, and he's he's always been seen as the f- happy-go-lucky one, but not really. You know, at the core, he wasn't. You know. Yeah, he's a think, very complex character. I think for me, I mean, I haven't read much of it. I've only just started it. I've only read a few chapters. Mm. Um, so I'm really just at the beginning. As you say, it's very much in his own voice. You can't mm. help <laughs> hearing his voice literally in your head as yeah. you're reading it. Yes. Um, it's, as you say, it's heartbreaking. It mm. is, you, you can't help feeling when, for this little boy. Yes. Um, and when, you read his experience of his mother's passing mm. and his absolute conviction and he's so sure that his mother has not died. Absolutely. And that that's it's all just a cover-up and she's coming back. That's the most heartbreaking thing, isn't it? It's and the fact that we never knew that, I mean, that's something that you wouldn't yeah, know. No, you and the fact that it's something that he, he chooses to share here and the fact that I think when when this book was coming out, and we all mm. knew it was coming out months before it was released, and we all knew what it was being called, we all knew it was called Spare, and everyone mm. thought, oh, why is he calling it that? You know, really, it's just you know, you know, mm. he he just thinks he's that, but he was actually called the Spare from birth. Mm. He overheard his father mm. calling himself. Calling him the spare. He, he overheard yeah. family members yes. saying, yeah. oh, the air and the spare. And it was a, a running joke. Yeah. I mean, the spare air. You know, yeah. how does that make a child feel? Yes. It's heartbreaking in certain places, isn't it? Um, yeah. He, you know, he, he, he exposes so much of his uh, inner his inner feelings and thoughts in this book, and that's kind of what makes it so special to read, you know, where you wouldn't even pick that up on the TV show that they, the Netflix show that they release. You don't even pick, I mean, you do a little bit there, but this one, just so personal. It's so personal. It is personal. Yeah. I do, I, I haven't watched the next the Netflix show. I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> um, I, I do have to say... Would he, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works and play devil's advocate. Would he have done all this, do you think? Would he have written this book? Would he have gone this far if Megan wouldn't have been in the picture? That's a really interesting question. Eh? I, I don't think so, actually. I think she had a huge role to play in whatever he's become now. I think so. Let's be honest here. You know, uh, I, I think, yeah, I, I don't think so. I think he would have still been as he had been before her, kind of in the background, but not quite, you know, that. But just of, carrying on yeah, with, his, with his life with as his it was. Life, I think Happy, so. unhappy, we yeah, wouldn't have known. We would never have known. He would have just been like he's always been that sort of, you know, guy in the back there. Um, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think she had a huge role to play in all of it. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I have to agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also questioned um, her influence on this book itself, and I thought, how much did she actually have? Did she have any input on the book? And from what we heard, she didn't have much input on this book. It was just him and, and the ghostwriter. But, mm. um, but, you know, but the events around it she had a lot of impact on. Obviously. Yes, definitely. So, you know, even if she didn't, 
they she might she had it in that respect so really interesting so either way like you said if you if you're a fan of the royals or you're not it's a story that um that you you would enjoy reading either way yes as a right. i think as a as a story, as a book, it's it's beautifully written, actually. It is, yeah. It is, and one can't discount the fact that the the ghost writer himself is a, is a fabulous writer. <laughs> he is. He's a fabulous. He's one of he the really best is. in that genre. He ever. really is. Yes. Yeah. He really is. He wrote. Um, did he write Andre Agassi's yeah. book? Yes. He did Agassi's, he did. and he did his own. He did his own autobiography, which was a big hit as well. Yeah. It also quite well. Yeah. Yeah. So that is Prince so. Harry Spare. <laughs> Um, you should see it in stores. Um, we like like we say, it's the fastest selling nonfiction book ever. I think it is. I think wow. that, I might be wrong with that, but it, uh, from what I saw, it's the f- one of the fastest selling nonfiction book. Not even biography, nonfiction. So that's a broad umbrella wow. like, ever. And we couldn't keep up with the stock. I mean, whatever we had sold out within. Days. It was a week, I think, gone, all gone. Oh my goodness! And we've got so much of stock coming in, uh, you know, to cover all the demand, which has just been phenomenal. So, yeah. And I think when we chatted in December, you had ordered quite minimal stock (laughs) initially. We did. We did. We thought we would maybe sell if we, like we said, we didn't have a good track record when it came came to book on the royals. We published many, many books, so many. We did the Palace Papers last year, which was like an expose. You know, there was even that. It didn't make the impact that this one did. Um, we did so many, and we thought, okay, if we sell a thousand, we'd be happy. You know? Yeah. Um, but then it just w- events happened. The media responded, people responded, and then we looked at it c- more closely, and we said, okay. Let's just have, we had meetings around it saying, oh, let's really look at it closely now because the attention that we're getting, uh, and we haven't done anything yet except announce it is incredible. So there was, uh, you know, it was in the air already. You know, it was, it was people could see it was going to be a good seller. So you upped your order. Yep. We upped it and even that couldn't keep up with it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Incredible. Let's move on because, of course, okay. there are other books. <laughs> there are other books, and they, they're good ones too. Another one coming in February is a is a debut uh, by Katie Hayes. It's called The Cloisters. Um, I don't know if you've received a copy of this book. Did you get it? I have requested it. Okay. It's a stunning packaging. The, the, the cover alone would just draw you in because of... The, the, the themes around the book, but it's just a beautiful book. Um, it's a debut, like I said, by Katie Hayes. She's worked in the art field for a number of years now. Uh, so she's not, no stranger to this world that she's actually created in the book. Um, and it follows the life of um, a young woman named Anne Stilwell, and she's uh, doing a dissertation, and she decides to go to New York for the summer to work at the, she's hoping to work at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. When she gets there, she realizes the places have been filled, and she then gets a job uh, by this man who's a curator at the uh, Cloisters, a museum in, 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 in New York. His name is Patrick, and he says, okay, you can come work for us, so, you know, help curate and do, with the researchers that we have there. So she goes to join them, and their main area is divination, and particularly uh, tarot. And along the book, somewhere along the way, she finds this 15th century pack of tarot cards. This is right up my alley. Right? <laughs> right up my alley. And, and <laughs> things start happening and unraveling from there. So it's a mystery. There's a murder somewhere along the way. But if it's a sl- almost a, it's a slow burn, I'll tell you that right off the bat. If you don't if you don't mind a book sort of taking its time to get to it, 
it's the one for you. It's beautifully written. For a debut, you think she's a seasoned author, you know, when you, when you read it. Because when I picked it up, I started reading it and I thought, man, this cannot be her first book. It's, it's so well written. So in that respect, even though it goes on a slow burn, the, the writing alone keeps you engaged. There's an almost like an atmosphere in this book. You know, when you read certain yes. books, you can feel as, you, even though you're reading it, it's strange, but the, the, the author creates a tension and that follows the whole way through the book. Oh, sounds fabulous. It's stunning. It's got mixed reviews online when I checked, but I, when I read it, I enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't mind uh, the, the, the pace of it, but it's such a great mystery because you think any moment something's going to happen, you know? It's got that. It's like one of those one more chapter, just one more chapter, that's, one more page, one more page. Exactly. One of those. Yes. Good. That's The Cloisters by yes. Katie Hayes. Look yes. out for that. Fair Beautiful birth. cover. Beautiful. Can I go to the next one? You can with pleasure. Big one coming in February. Like I said, you know, we're in a space now where people, we've seen it in the last couple of years or ever since the lockdown, people have been reading more and more escapist fiction, we call it, lighthearted. There's a lot of stuff that's serious in, in news and things these days, but people want to escape a little and then you get authors who come along and they just do so well with this genre. Um, we did Miss Benson's Beetle a few years that ago. Was How stunning was that? And that yes. came along at the right time. It did really well. One of the other authors in that genre that we always, she's so big for us, is Jojo Moyes. Yes. And the new book is called Someone Else's Shoes. It's coming in February. It's, it's, it's funny. It's got a lot of depth and warmth and heart to it. Um, it's just a stunning book. If you're looking for something to just relax with and have fun with, this is your author, Jojo Moyes, Someone Else's Shoes. The story is about two women who come from very different backgrounds. One is married to this very wealthy businessman, and she's got a nice family, and they travel, you know, they do the summer in Capri, that whole thing. Uh, so she's had the life, and she's had the life for a long time. Um, and one day, all of, out of the blue, he announces he wants to get a divorce, and he cuts her off. Oh, gosh. And, yeah, and then life just starts to go salt quickly for her from then on and the other side of that story is a, is another um, character by the name of Sam and Sam is she's got a husband who's depressed he doesn't really work her kids are, are challenged um, you know she she obviously is the opposite of, of Nisha who's the other character and somehow these two women's lives intersect at a very crucial time in both their lives. Um, there's this pair of shoes. It's really fancy six-inch red stilettos by some fashion uh, designer, like a really expensive shoes. Labutines. Labutines, sorry. So it's in a gym bag, and... The, the bags get, uh, the, the Sam picks up Nisha's bag and walks off with this, and she has the shoes. And eventually she puts the shoe on and she realizes things have got to change around here and she's got to start with herself. So it gives her like a sort of confidence in her life. It's amazing what a pair of shoes can do for you. <laughs> Basic, right? And the other one, she ends up working in this hotel and this is a hotel that she's stayed in many, many times before. And the, 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 she needs to get those shoes back because part of the divorce settlement is the shoes. She needs to return the shoe to get. Do you know divorce. how much Labertines are worth? Uh, I'm assuming they are really, really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, so ostrich leather red stilettos. It is, you know, it's it sounds like a stunning pair of shoes. Um, Listen, but if you have to ask, then you can't afford them. Then I can't afford them. Yeah, so definitely. So that's that's. It's great storytelling. It's great humor. It's warmth. You know, it's, and I think it's one of those ones that will, st you want to maybe even read again somewhere along the line. Um, so someone else's shoes by Jojo Moyes. The last couple we did with her was historical fiction ish. She did a lot, she did some good ones. She always delivers, but this one is, 
I think it's going to appeal to more of the market than the previous ones. Sounds like fun. Yeah. All right, and then uh, another huge one, uh, Victory City by Salman Rushdie. Um, mm. It is in now, so it's available right now. Uh, if you haven't read Midnight's Children, you don't have to, but th- this book, Victory City, is getting a lot of um, references to that book. It's, it's Lots of people have said, if you've loved Midnight's Children, which was his big one, uh, then Victory City is, is another one that you would definitely, definitely like. So it's set in... Um, in an ancient time, it's f- what 14th century India, and there's this huge battle. But it's an it's it's an insignificant one in in the grand scope of history. But something happens uh, after this battle. A nine-year-old girl uh, becomes the leader of this city that gets formed afterwards because she's been blessed by um, a goddess, an Indian goddess, and it basically speaks through her. She becomes that's how she ends up getting this power and leading these people. Um, at that time, and over the next 250 years, she creates this city called Biznaga, which is a, which means victory city, and she becomes a pivotal character in in the formation of the city and its rise and fall. Um, mm. It's incredible. It's a, it's historical. It's what Salman Rushdie does best. Yes, you know, he does his best. And like I said, there's many references to Midnight's Children on this one. Um, I think. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I think he's probably this year when you look at the awards that's going to come up. He's, this oh, one, really? This one's going to probably it's be a big one. Yeah, it's going to be on the shortlist. I, I, I don't doubt that. Uh, but let's see. Let's see. It's a saga. Um, it's love. It's adventure. It's myth. It's it's all of that combined. It's a stunning novel. Really. That good. sounds fabulous. It's Victory City from Salman, Salman Rushdie. Rushdie. Yes. And um and he he was attacked a few years ago. Yes, he was yeah. in New York. He was in New York. Last, I remember. Also, time. it was at an award ceremony, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. He lost an eye. Yes. Uh, he lost an eye. We we heard from his people late last year where he was okay. He was doing okay, but he had lost an eye. Um, and that's it's really sad when that's yeah that's sort of now uh, around this publication of this book. Yeah, so but when you think about years ago when when there was a fatwa on his head, yes, and they wanted to kill him, I mean the fact that he is still here is that in itself is yes, yes, you're right, you're absolutely right. I mean they were going to kill him even back then. Yes, Um, yeah. Is that is that still a thing? Is that they are they still after him? I'm not sure. I'm not sure actually. I wish I knew. I should. I should. I should check on that. But. the fact that people are attacking him now means there's yes. still a lot of animosity against yes. him, right? Yeah, I mean, but he overall, I mean, we all know Salman Rushdie is an author that takes chances and he does what he wants to write. And, you know, he's never shied away from anything and he's not going to back down. Um, he'll just write what he wants to write. And I, I admire him for that. It's brave, you know, it's brave sometimes and to be that kind of author. But uh, this book it was special. I think I, I really enjoyed reading it. It's out now, um, so you can... You can pick it up. I'm not sure if they've if they've sent you a copy. No, no. I'll I'll make I'll make a note to get you. Um, And I have I haven't actually read anything that he's written previously. Okay, okay. He's always seemed a bit (laughs) um, literary for me. Yes, he can (laughs) be. He can be. Yeah, he's quite literary. Yeah. If you remember, we did uh, Kish uh, Kishod uh, a few years ago, which was a. Twist on Don Quixote. Yes. Right. Uh, but his version of it almost, but with a twist, right? Yes. Um, that came out and it got, got some attention. It was quite good. And yeah, he, he take, like I said, he takes chances sometimes. He doesn't stick yes. to his, to his genre. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I 
am Janice Leibovitz and I'm chatting to Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House and we've been discussing some fabulous books that are available right now, a couple that are still to come, um, beginning of next month hopefully, end of this month. Um, so I hope you've been writing those down, taking note and we've still got a couple more to chat about Viz. Yes, we do. Uh, we've got a few more to go. Um, if you, I've been on the show before. We talked about some of C.J. Tudor's old books, Chalkman. Love her books. Uh, you know, Love she, her she's books. stunning, right? She's such a great writer, and she started. She came to writing pretty late on. She's not old, but I mean, you know, she started off recently. Let me put it that way: not old, recently. Uh, but in the last few, say, three or four years that she's been doing it. Every book that she comes up with is just so good. It's so good. And this one... She's very twisted. She is, right? Stephen King loves her. He's a big fan of her. He's a huge fan. And and that's telling something. (laughs) So The Drift is the latest one in... in, in, in It's brilliant. I've read it. Have you read it? I have read it. I'm so glad you have. Um, It's it's another one of those. You will be reading late into the night. Just, you know, cancel everything because you'll either be losing sleep so you won't be able to function or you'll just want to read. So you won't want to do anything. It's it's yeah. one of those. It's yeah. a real page turner. It is right. It's, yeah. It's, it's if you read the previous ones, um, I found this one the pace and the, the, the just the whole book itself was. I've enjoyed it much better than the previous ones that she did. Even um, did you did you feel the same or did you? I found this one quite different. It was different though. It yeah. was different, yeah. but still as good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, should we go into the story? A Absolutely. Bit? Yeah. Okay. So we go, so it starts off. There's three separate groups of people and these. Three Three things, over over and above everything, there's a there's a virus uh, that's so it's what pre dystopian with that just be, as it breaks out, so yeah, a, yeah. There's a viral infection that's that's broken out, and you start off and you kind of think, oh no, I don't <laughs> want to read about a virus and a pandemic, <laughs> no, 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 and a, yes. but it actually is not. Yes. It's not really comparable to what we've been In, through. It's, no. it's actually a bit different. Yeah, it's a bit different, and you've got these three separate. Uh, groups of people in three different uh, spaces. There's a there's a coach, a bus crash, and these people are trapped in there. Uh, and then you've got these people in a ski. Uh, what do you call it? Like a, cable a cable car. car yeah, it's a thousand feet up. They cannot get down. They're stuck in there. And then the other one is at the ski at a ski lodge. At a ski lodge. Yeah, yeah. they're stuck they, there. And they snowed into the ski lodge. And, and then they get snowed into the the cable car that is yeah. broken down. Yes, and that's where these there's three th- separate groups of people, but somehow they're linked. Yes. Right. Um, and, and over, overarching all of this is this viral infection that's just break, broken out. So there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of stress. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Lots of stress. Um, a lot, of, it, a lot of infighting. Yes. A lot of these disparate groups yeah. and people that, that, you know, shouldn't be shoved together into these small spaces, but are. And, and it's group do. dynamics and it's, Oh, it's fabulous. It's a great book, yeah. The Drift by C.J. Tudor. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's one of the more different ones that she's done in the last. And I think it's it's good because she's done all these other two or three books that we did before. And now it's time to you know change it up, switch it yeah, up this a bit. Is, it's very different. Just change gears. She wrote almost, yeah. um, The Burning Girls. What was it? The Burning, Burning Man, Man. The Burning Man. The Chalk Man. Yes. I didn't. That's the Chalk Man was the one I didn't read. That was oh. like the first. That was the first one. That was one. the first one. I read the next two. Yes. When she brought out The Chalk Man is where in-house it became a quick in-house that was favorite. Huge. And people go, oh, okay, she's new but really good. So we should start. You know, paying attention. So then we did the Burning Man, and then we did the Taking of Annie Thorne. Yes. Um, you know, and you then know. there was the one about the the 
there was the church. What was which one was that? The church. Just the three before. It was the, that was the taking of Annie Thorne, was wasn't that, it? I can't remember. Yeah. Which I, I just remember the picture on the cover with the burning things in the church and the. Yeah, this is she's creepy, creepy things. She, she writes creepy. This is this is less creepy and less dark, yes. but still very thriller. Yes, yes. Very thriller-like. Very thriller-like, yeah. Yes. It leans more into that. I think you were th- thinking about the uh, the other people. Yes. Is that the one? The other people. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, if you're looking for a good thriller slash a little bit of horror, a little bit of, you know, that kind of genre, I think this is the one you should be reading. It's a fantastic it's book. It's excellent. Yeah. And just to go back on the William Boyd, um, the big one, I think, was Any Human Heart, if you remember that book. Oh, He's the author of Any, of Any Human Heart and Love is Blind was a big one for him okay. as well. But there's been plenty more. He did Trio, he did Restless, and yeah, there's a whole, he's got a huge catalogue. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then um, moving on from CJ Tudor is um, the next one on my list. It's a local author. We're very excited about this author. He's very talented. Uh, he's an actor and a uh, he's done a bit of media uh, before taking to writing. But he's had a really big writer support him on this book. It's a debut. The book is called Mirage by uh, David Viviers. And it's it's it's. It's out now, so it should it should be out now uh, in stores. It's beautiful, beautiful cover. You can't miss it. So Elizabeth Tennant is a character in this book, and it's inspired by the life of Olive Schreiner, who wrote Story of an African oh, Farm, okay. right? She had a draft. Uh, Olive Schreiner had a draft of Story of an African Farm, and it was actually called Mirage. Ah, yes, that's an interesting take on it. I thought that would be. Um, so it's set in two, two in dual timelines, 1899 and sort of present day. And Elizabeth Tennant was this Victorian who was she's a botanist and a, uh, she, she was a, almost like a Da Vinci-like character where she was interested in a lot of different things. Like she was interested in science and, 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 and cosmology and, you know, astrology and all that sort of stuff. Um, she's a very interesting character. And over and above that, she was a writer. And she was found um, dead in a hotel in the Karoo, you know, back a back hundred years ago almost. So this uh, character, uh, Michael, he's doing a dissertation on her life, right? He's been studying her work and, and, and things for years. And He's now come across her journal because what happened was after she died, years and years after he's died, there was this uh, working crew in the, in the crew working with these big tractors and they were digging up stuff. And one day they came across this huge suitcase and in the suitcase was a journal and that journal belonged to Elizabeth Tennant. Somehow it got there. It was buried there. And There's th- something else in the, in the yes, suitcase, right? It, that's right. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to say it because it's a bit eerie. It's in the blurb, though. Oh, is it? It, okay, it is yeah. in the blurb. So it's the it's remains the, of, a, yes. of a little child, um, and he goes to the. He goes there after he breaks up with his partner. He goes there, and he decides he's going to um, go go to the place where she was, and uh, he comes across her journal by accident. Uh, he comes across her journal and he starts reading into her journal, and uh, there's stuff in that journal that really gets him even more and more um, intrigued. Because some of the stuff in there, he feels like it's referred to him and his mother, who was a cosmologist. So the mystery of it is, why was she writing, he thinks, um, about him, or would she have written about him a hundred years ago when he wasn't even born wow. yet? Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's this mystery 
um, novel. It's historical, but it's a big mystery element to yes. it. And somehow all these things are connected. And he has a great interest in things like black holes and, and you know, that sort of dimensions and all that stuff. So there's, a, there's an interest in that. So that's where the novel sort of meets meets halfway with, with her world. It's a really fascinating book. Well written. I have to say it's beautifully written. Um, there's some characters around in the Karoo who he befriends and trying to put this whole mystery together. Could she have written this book about, for him a hundred years ago? That's the question. Interesting. Yeah. And <laughs> characters in the Karoo are just that. They are characters. Yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a woman who curates the museum where he gets the journal from accidentally and, you know, that sort of thing. And there's a guy who runs the, the, the mayor and, you know, there's some interesting characters in there. Um, They're quite quirky. Yes, they are. People yeah. from there. Yeah. Um, if you read like Sally Andrews, you can uh, that's that kind exactly of where. <laughs> but it's not as, not as quirky. But that is it's exactly who I had in mind. <laughs> it's a stunning book. I think um, he's a talent. Uh, I hope that um, you know people respond to it. But pick it up uh, and read it. It's you. You won't get let down. It's a great book. Is he going to tour with us? Is he going to launch? Yeah. Is he going to? Yes. We're trying to to do some work with him and do launches and things with him. And then when the festivals come around, uh, we hoping to get oh, it. Oh, that'll, yeah, that'll be great because that also creates awareness. It creates a yeah, bit of hype. But absolutely. That's always, yeah. it's always good for local books. I mean, yeah. that's where know. everybody goes. Yes, yeah, that's, that's where we, yes. that's where we get our, yeah. our celeb status <laughs> from for our authors. I mean, you and know. New authors, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. New authors is good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So this sounds great. Just as a matter of interest, a lot of, of our local authors seem to take on this kind of, they, they don't just write a book. It's got to have kind of some alternative angle <laughs> yes. to it as well. I see he's done this as well. Yes. So that's, that's quite interesting. Yes. I know you've still got a couple more for us. Let's see if we can fit those in after this. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. I am Janice Liebowitz and in studio with Viz Chetty and we are chatting books from Penguin Random House. Just a couple more before we wrap up. Viz, what have you got? <laughs> Thanks, Janice. Uh, the next two are also local content, nonfiction, uh, but really fantastic and we're very excited about it. Uh, it's Chris Bishop. He did a book called Africa's Billionaires a while back um, and that was a fantastic book. This one is called The BEE Billionaires. It's a very contentious subject. It's it's a, it's a subject that people. Uh, I hear that, and I just like. Shut yeah, down. I, I know. If you go on Facebook, when, when I first saw it, I thought, okay, this is you know, it's going to be one of those books where we just list all the people who've benefited from it. But <laughs> it's much more. It's much more that. It, you mean the, it's not just a list of names? No, it's not. It's that too. But it's basically. This, it's a sto- almost a story of BEE, the concept of it, right? Through the eyes of the people that lived it, the ones that supported it, the ones that fashioned it, the ones that work in it, and the ones that have suffered through it. Um, it's it's a question, and if you re- read the blur, the the sub the strapline on it, it says, um, "As it helped or hindered us," in not so many words. So it's a really interesting take on on the subject. I think that people will be um, keen to see or create their own opinions of it after this book. So, fantastic book on the subject. And then the next one, we're extremely excited about, Sisle Kumalo. We've got him back on the list after many years. If you remember, he did a book called Rainbow Nation a while back. Uh-huh. Um, and it, in 2016, he went on a road trip. And in that road trip, he decided that 
um, he was going to do this book about all these different places in South Africa and how their names came to be, right? Ah, so a little town, like, you know, if you think about a place like... And he takes the names of towns, little towns, little places in South Africa, and he links it up to our past, our history, um, things like colonialism. All it does that, sound interesting. Right? So... You wouldn't believe it. It's so, and he's doing it in his style, which is funny and irreverent and really uh, informational at the same that time. That sounds great, right? Like, I read this, and he was saying uh, back then a lot of the guys in the Cape, for example, like Graf Renet, right? People would take the names of, like, if they wanted to impress their father-in-laws, they would take his name and then their wife's name and put it together, and then you would get a name of a town, Krafrenet, you know. Um, that sounds fabulous, yeah, actually. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a town in Bloom called uh, Falun's Kroon, and he named it after his horse. So Falun was this <laughs> farmer, and, and Kroon was his champion horse, and he loved that horse, and he decided to call his town Falun's Kroon. <laughs> you know? That's so, interesting. Yeah, so Milk the Beloved Country by Sishle um, Kumalo. Uh, it's a really interesting take on our past and where we're coming from through the names of our towns and cities. That sounds really, it sounds so good. I it's love so the good. sound we of We are that. very excited about it. I think it's going to do fantastically well. It's coming out in February. Amazing. And that is the list from Viz Chetty today. I hope you found something that appealed to you. You don't have to remember it all. Thank you, Carol, for your message, but um, write it down. But I will put a list of these books up on the Facebook page so that you can see the covers and so that if you walk into a bookshop or if you're looking online, the cover will catch your eye. Some of these covers are really stunning. And I know we're not meant to judge a book by its cover, but you <laughs> know do. what? We, we do. do. <laughs> Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> Be honest. It's we a safe do. space. We do. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Buzz. It's you. been great thank having you, you back as a guest on the show. Thank we always much. love having you. Thank you. And I hope we'll do it again. I hope so too. Soon. Take care. We always love having you. Welcome, welcome. Thank welcome you. back to uh, live shows. Thank you. And as I said, I hope you found something that appealed to you. And we'd love to hear from you. Hope you enjoyed. And take care of yourself. Take care of each other. It doesn't matter what you read, but read a book.